Yeah, that's interesting. I never made the connection between Batman and uh, Ayn Rand, but I, I think there is one there. Welcome to The Comedian and the Philosopher, a conversation both high and lowbrow. I am your resident philosopher and... Uh, and I am your frigid comedian. Um, I'm Mike Leibovitz. <laughs> do you want to tell them your name or do we figure they know by now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My name is Duncan Gale, by the way. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know. You should, you should be able to recognize my voice by now, obviously. Yes, the, the, um, um, the, the warm, soothing baritone. If, if, if you're talking about the tone of a baritone, if you're talking about the tones of a yeah. baritone, do you call them baritones? Right. Or do you call mm. them baritone tones? It almost sounds like too much. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a good question. It's a question for any of our uh, opera singer listeners yes. out there. Um, yeah. I thought you were going to give me credit for a question for the ages, but no, just for opera singers. Fair enough. Well, it's the first question of the you know, podcast. Give me a break. We'll get warmed yeah, up. The first, the first of many, first of many. Yeah. Um, you know, what I was thinking of here at the, uh, at the outset is, um, you know, I listen, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, right. And, um, you know, I always, uh, find it kind of interesting when I'm listening to podcasts, how much people like make factual errors about stuff or like how much, um, how much people like don't know certain things when they can like easily look stuff up. Uh, -huh. uh but, but then, then I realized that, um, from uh, last week's episode, at least, you know, I am, I am now guilty of that because like there was all kinds of stuff I didn't know. I didn't know uh, the name of the uh, second gentleman. Uh, I didn't know mm -hmm. the name of the Secretary of Defense and stuff. Uh, and so I just want to let our listeners know at the outset that I have, I have learned the names of, uh, of uh, all those people. So I am at least uh, prepared there. So our second We're gentleman, his name is, his name is Doug Imhoff. Um, and uh, their Secretary of Defense is Lloyd Austin. Uh, I now know these things. Um, you know, in, in uh, general, when there's a new presidential administration, it's good. Uh, you, you, you know, you have to sort of like relearn the names of all of those important cabinet people. So, you know, I've, I've got the Secretary of Defense down, Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen. And, nice. Uh, and then my personal favorite, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken or A. Blinken. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. If we're just using the first <laughs> initial, it is A. Blinken. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> and you know what I thought was I I, I also notice uh, uh, factual errors when I listen to podcasts too. And um, in yeah. this in this instance, you didn't know their name, so it wasn't a, a factual error. You didn't you didn't That's say true. the wrong name, and then and you know and then just carry on. I would also like to point out that in this particular instance, in these two particular instances from last week. Um, you did not know the name of the uh, nominee at the time for the Secretary of Defense, or the second, the name of the second gentleman, Lloyd Austin and right. and and uh, Doug Emhoff. And I actually did know both of them and provided right. them to you during the broadcast. And I just want you and um, all of our listeners to know that it is very, very likely that that will be the first and only time that I know something that Duncan doesn't on the, over the course of this podcast. Well, you know, Mike, that is uh, definitely very, very kind of you to say, but I think that we do have our own sorts of areas of expertise. And, um, you know, I think that in general, you are much more sort of on top of uh, current events and new stuff than uh, than I am. Uh, I, I think that you're somebody who like uh, reads reads like the, the the news like 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 the newspaper and stuff fairly uh, extensively in a way that I don't. Um, I, I I sort of look at the new at, at like keeping up with the news as kind of a chore a little bit. Um, uh-huh. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure if you feel quite the same way. Well, but, yeah. no. I mean, the way I look at it is like if I don't read the news every day, it's very difficult for me to stay angry. You know, so um, <laughs> sure. just just in order to maintain this sort of like base level of simmering aggression to my fellow man, I find it very right. helpful as a practice. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a, a um, call it an anti spiritual practice to uh, to right, right. to read the news every day. Um, I I. I would like to point out that in saying um, you will ne- that will be the only time that I know something that you don't know, I was that was in fact an instance of uh, of of uh, of uh, me providing false information live on the podcast. So that was <laughs> that was a factual error in and of itself. So I, I just want to point well, that out. I'm I'm fact checking myself on the fly, but that's obviously not true. The thing that I well, said. Well, may, yeah, I mean, may, maybe it's maybe it's a sort of uh, incorrect or inaccurate forecast of the of the future. I, I always I love talking to you because you always have the most charitable interpretations of my uh, of 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 my um, my actions, motives, and so on. Well, you know, the the uh, principle of charity is. Uh, an important one, I think, in philosophical and I think intellectual discourse in general. You know, interpreting <coughs> your uh, I, well, yeah. I, I, I mean, usually it's used in the context of interpreting your opponent's point of view, yeah, in the best light possible. I mean, yeah. I I don't I I don't think of you as my opponent in this context. Uh, but, uh, copy that. Yeah. No. I <laughs> no. But I um. But but I guess maybe yeah. I guess the 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 uh, the charity with which you address my motives and drives. I would contrast to um, say like my wife, right? Who also is my partner, but just like Mm -hmm. assumes that I'm like, just, I'm not, no, I don't have to take a shit. I'm, you're going in there because you're trying to avoid your family. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing, (laughs) right? Whereas if you saw me walking into the shitter, you would assume, okay, you know, Mike's got to do his business, you know? Uh, So, um, 
but um, yeah, I, I would say uh, as uh, in regard to the principle of charity, it's it's a that's a term that I've sort of recently become acquainted with. But I think it's such right. a valuable term, and I think it's so desperately missing from our discourse that uh, you know I'm glad that you brought it up because I mean my understanding of the principle of charity is that you ought to assume that the person you're talking to is uh, is sincere and is is making um, whatever their claims are in good faith and this is uh, this is a um, prophylactic measure against personal invective and ad hominem attack right is that right is that did I did I is that correct you tell me yeah yeah no I think that that's all that's definitely all uh, accurate yeah yeah what you've said yeah mm -hmm. nice yeah, yeah. I was a comedian, but I'm becoming a journalist in my old age. Wow, wow. Good for you. As a journalist, uh, someone who says things that are accurate, probably not. I'm not becoming a journalist. Well, yeah, yeah. Not always. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I was also thinking about, you know, I mean, on the, on the issue of staying up with the news. I mean, you know, I'm still trying to you know, stay up with the, with the major events of, of uh, our nation and the world now. But, you know, I, I realized that, you know, I think when we first um, wanted to start this podcast, I mean, from my point of view, I was really like, you know, champing at the bit to like get out all of these opinions that I had about all this stuff that was going on. Uh, and now we're at a point where it's like, ah, uh, it's all fine now, you know. Uh, uh -huh. I mean, my 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 level of my level of anger and anxiety has has gone down um, quite dramatically, and um, I, I I find that I'm much less sort of tuned into sort of the daily events in a way that 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 causes anxiety, and um, and it really seems like uh, this time around, like. Usually, when we get to a sort of presidential election, things get very kind of fraught and sort of chaotic leading up to the election. And then once the election happens, then everything kind of dies down afterwards. But this time around, we had to wait all the way until the inauguration of the president for things to die down. Uh, that, that period between the election and the inauguration was, was, was an unusually <laughs> still... Um, uh, tense and chaotic yeah, time in a way that we, yeah 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 absolutely I, and I I, mm -hmm. I mean I was just going to ask you was that um, was that was that a surprise to you or did a, you expect uh, after the election for it to go the way it normally does or did you did you think when you saw the election results like oh man it's going to be a rough you know two months yeah no I think that it definitely was a surprise to me, um, yeah, to a, a certain extent. And, and th yeah, this is the thing. And, and, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, we're going to be talking a lot less about Trump. But, you know, uh, to, to, to talk about him right now again, uh, you know, Trump, what, what, is, what is sort of amazing about him up until the very end of his presidency is that he continued to surprise me. Like, you know, in terms of the... <laughs> In terms of the sort of um, level to which he continue he continued to contest the results of the election, yeah, I mean, I guess I assumed that he would do that for a little bit, but I thought, well, 
but you can you can you 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 can only do that plausibly for like maybe a week or two after the election, yeah. and then like you 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 have to you have to sort of crumble in the face of uh, incontrovertible facts, right? Well, no. So uh, no, no. Turns that's... out I, I yeah yeah. Turns out I was completely wrong about that. Uh, so. Yeah yeah. Incontrovertible <laughs> facts were never really Trump's so- strong suit. I mean, Trump Trump does uh, he is um he you yeah, know he is continually surprising people. I mean, that's kind of his thing. He tries to, he like surprises you. And then in retrospect, you go, of course, but he surprises you. I mean, to be very clear about the type of surprise, it's not surprise. I baked you a cake. It's surprise. I rear-ended your car. Right. It's more like that. Um, I think, see, I wasn't particularly surprised because I was obsessively watching the news all the time. And it was very clear for, um, for months, you know, that they, they were sort of, planning to uh um you know that they were planning this particular line of fraud where you know by demonizing um mail-in ballots ahead of the election um and then having republican legislatures refuse to allow the early counting of uh of mail-in ballots they were ensuring that the mail-in ballots would be overwhelmingly um democratic and would be uh, counted later so that it would look on election night as though Trump had won. And then as more and more votes were processed, it would, you know, the, the whatever the, 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 the blue, the red mirage and the blue fog or whatever the different, right. um, you know, uh, uh, names or metaphors that you use for this. And, and so it was just sort of clear, clear to me that like, oh, this is going to be a rough, uh, few weeks. And did I expect, um, you know, it to end in, a, in an armed mob of cosplay idiots storming the Capitol. I mean, most of them weren't armed, actually, but some of them had zip ties right. and some of them were armed. And, you know, I don't want to get any. Of that. I, I didn't see it necessarily how it would manifest that way. But I mean, I think just like looking back at the Trump presidency, it's hard for me to not see it as as anything but the sort of like the ultimate expression of, you know, the, the truly postmodern presidency. The, the, all, right. the ultimate expression of irony where, you know, we have this, you know, he's basically like this, this ironic virus that has, that had infected the body politic, you know, where the whole, sure. his whole thing was like, oh, sure. Like I'm the president. Okay. Well, if I'm the president, would I ban all Muslims? You know, would I call, right, you right. know, would I do this? Would I do that? <laughs> would I deny facts? Would I tell 130 lies in 90 minute speeches? You know what I mean? So to me, I just, I was, I thought the hardest part was going to be the part after the election. And, and I guess I was right huh. again. I keep being right on this podcast. I'm so used to being wrong. You nailed it, buddy. You nailed it. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. One other thing I was thinking about with Trump. So, you know, I mean, he has gone away at least sort of temporarily. I mean, we are, we are hearing a lot less from him right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sure eventually we will. We will hear from him again. Well, but, he's getting impeached know. next week, so he'll be in the Senate next week. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, so he's already been impeached. To look he's forward been to. tried by the Senate, already been impeached. Anyway, right. But yeah, go right, ahead. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, what, what I was kind of reflecting upon is that, okay, even though Trump finally lost the election and is decisively not the president anymore, you know, if you kind of reflect upon what Trump's overall goals are, he really kind of won in a, in a more kind of cosmic way in the sense that, 
I mean, reflect upon this. If you if you uh, think back on the last five or six years, like how much did Trump sort of dominate your consciousness over that period of time, over over mm-hmm. the last five or six years? Mm-hmm. I mean, quite a lot, I think, for um, a lot of Americans. And really, I'm not sure if you can think of anybody in history who is like dominated people's consciousness in the way that Donald Trump did. I I mean, you know, I mean, certainly if you compare him to other presidents, I mean, you know, obviously the president of the United States is somebody that most people know about and are aware of, but not to the extent of like every single damn day, like Trump is doing something that people are just talking about. So, I mean, this is all just to say that if Trump's overall goal was just notoriety and just awareness i mean he won decisively (laughs) like yeah 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 no uh, definitely Mm -hmm. like there is a sense in which trump has been the most successful u.s president um right right. um it's just that the uh, measure of success is not one that any of us would have chosen and right that uh that domination of this sort of collective American psyche that you're talking about is something that mm-hmm. is labeled by his supporters as Trump derangement syndrome. Now, right. a syndrome, of course, is a, is, a, uh, is a collection of signs and symptoms, right? Right. And it often has a cause in the case of, uh, you know, so like the uh, AIDS is a syndrome, right? Uh, what is it? Mm-hmm. Autoimmune yeah. deficiency syndrome. Um, acquired, acquired acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. D- deficiency, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the um, the syndrome is caused by a virus called right. HIV. In this case, Trump mm-hmm. derangement syndrome is a syndrome that is called caused by a virus called Donald Trump. Right? It's not. Right, right. It's not that just everyone's a bunch of snowflakes. Well, okay. Maybe we are, and that's why we're susceptible to the virus. But the the cause of the virus, the ideology uh, of the syndrome, the ideology is is a result of the the virus, and uh, and and a, a, a successful virus is one that I guess infects its host. So, you know, by that measure, sure. yeah, he fucking nailed it, and um, yeah, and he probably would have loved it if he was capable of love, right. Yeah, but yeah, so, you know, just what you were saying about the postmodern presidency and everything, yeah, I mean, I think that that kind of further solidifies him as the sort of, you know, unfortunately most ap- appropriate president of the moment because, you know, we sort of live live in an age where, you know, this, the thing that people seem to care about the most is fame or notoriety yeah. of any kind, yeah. like, you know. No matter no matter what what you what what you uh, get it for you know uh, as long as people are talking about you that's great and Trump is like the sort of ultimate kind of uh, success story <laughs> and uh, avatar of that yeah know? yeah agreed I mean I think that um, it's interesting I was listening I don't know if you ever listened to the Tim Dillon show but it's it's a it's a mm, it's yeah. a podcast that um, I really like and Tim Dillon was a you know, I knew him in New York when he was doing stand up. He's a great stand up too, and he's got he's just okay. really fucking smart guy. But he was talking mm-hmm. about um, he was um, talking about oh shit, I lost the thread of what I was talking about. Um, oh yeah, notoriety, right? So um, 
he was he was talking about how it used to be like in Hollywood, you know, like if you wanted to make it in show business, there was some guy with a cigar who was like, hey, kid, you got this stuff. Come over here. I'm going to make you a star. And now the gatekeepers to um, whatever that is, you know, fame, uh, celebrity, the gatekeepers to celebrity are actually these um, AIs, these algorithms, you know, that, right. that are, um, you know, written by these by these tech people and, 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 and written by, but not fully understand understood by these tech people. Mm-hmm. So they design these algorithms, but they don't t- totally understand how they work and they sort of evolve on their own. And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how celebrity is determined now by this artificial intelligence. And, and Trump was, was uh, very good at it, really good at it. I mean, he was good yeah. at getting attention back when it was just newspapers and TVs, and he saw this coming, and you know, he was able to see in it what he needed to get, you know, to get success by th- by that measure out of it, you know. So, right. yeah, totally. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know to, yeah. to what extent like that is what what people care about. I think it is. I think the idea of fame or celebrity is more accessible to people who didn't have um, an agent or a whatever who weren't going to be discovered by that guy with the cigar. And so it seems right. like more people like it seems like everyone wants that. But I'm sh- I'm sure there are some people who still don't want that. Like I know my wife's biggest nightmare would be being famous. You know, there are people who don't want that, but it does seem more present in the zeitgeist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, and that's sort of like the, the the kind of opposite side side of the coin, I I think in a way is that, yeah, we live in an age in which people that don't want to get famous can sometimes get famous because, because like the, the sort of mechanisms are so powerful that like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if somebody, yeah, it just gets like, you know, taped by, uh, you know, somebody else on their on their phone and, and and posted on YouTube. Then then yeah, that person gets famous and and then they're on you know talk shows and they're like yeah I um, I don't really want to be here but uh, you know but that video went yep. viral. Whatever. But I <laughs> am I am Karen from the park. So right. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really want to be here, but uh, right. But everyone has seen my worst moment. So here we go. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, true, true, true. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a crazy world that we live in. I actually just joined a, a new um, social media app called. Uh, oh, yeah. Called Parlor. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's right. I joined it. I uh, <laughs> right. I follow this guy. He says he's he's uh, he's in the government and he has secrets. His name is X. I don't know his deal. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. Oh, cool, um, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, I'm supposed to go down to Arlington, Virginia next week, so we'll see what happens. But um, right on, right on. <laughs> um, the uh, no, it's called uh, Clubhouse, and this is uh-huh. this is a uh, this is a new app where it's it's like an audio communication app where people are having different conversations in different rooms, but it's like, it's, it's audio and you can go in and you can listen to people talking about, uh, huh. I was, I was listening to a lot of these, uh, stock traders. Cause I got really interested over this past week in all this, uh, game stock oh, sure. insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, uh, um, uh, clubhouse is a, is that you have to be invited 
into the app. It's it's an invite only app, but it oh. it turns out it's very easy to get invited. So you okay. know if you know the right okay. people, I still yeah. have a few yeah. invites left if if anybody wants in. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I was listening to all this uh, stock information, and uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. I've never thought about any of this stuff before. But I did download a TD Ameritrade. And I got uh, three shares of AMC, and so far I've um, I've lost forty bucks. So it's pretty cool, man. It feels right on. feels good. Right. <laughs> Have you been following this shit at all? The uh, the market stuff. Yeah, only only in a very kind of uh, broad way. Yeah, I'm, I mean I know the the basic story of the yeah the GameStop and the the, the short selling and everything, but yeah, I, I I can't claim that I really understand what's going on other than just it seems like normal people wanted to make money in the stock market and the rich people in charge of everything were like no 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 yeah 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 yep no that's about Uh right that's about right okay i i could i could i could break down the mechanics for you real quick if you're interested because i think it's fascinating sure okay yeah yeah so do you know how a um a short sale works um not exactly. Okay. All right. So I'll just, I'll just run through it real quick. So the basic way a short sale works is that the shorthand is that you're betting against a stock to fail. Okay. How does that work? How it right. works is um, say the stock, you, um, you own stock in Duncan Industries. I think Duncan Industries is going to go down. Okay. The mm-hmm. price is $10. So mm-hmm. I borrow the stock from you and I sell it right away and I have to give it back to you. And my hope is that, so I borrow it from you. I sell it for 10 bucks and then I want, I wait for it to go down to five bucks. I buy it back at five and I return it to you. That's how short okay. selling works. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you charge me a fee for borrowing it, but I, I don't want to go into that because that just makes it more complicated, but there's a fee sure. for borrowing it. So it's like, that's why you loan it to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to return it. Now, um, a lot of people make money that way. The problem is, so if you own a stock, there's a limit to how much you can lose. Right. If you're mm-hmm. long on a stock, because if it worth if it's worth ten dollars, the most you can lose is ten dollars. If it goes mm-hmm. down to zero, you lost ten dollars. But if I'm shorting a stock, right, I borrow the stock from you. I sell it at ten bucks. There's no limit to how much it can go up. Right. So right. there is no there is no I eventually have to buy it back to return it to you. Right. Right. And as it starts to go up, I start freaking out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so this is what's called a short squeeze. If, if, um, if, so if the stock that I borrowed from you starts to go up, then I buy it back because I'm afraid it's going to keep going up. And then that makes it go up even higher, right? If a bunch of people mm-hmm. are buying it and that's the squeeze. So it shoots way up. So anyway, a bunch of people on Reddit on this wall street bets forum on Reddit saw that that the market for GameStop and some of these other stocks too, but for GameStop was like drastically shorted. It was being shorted so, so much. In fact, what would happen is like I would, so I'd borrow the stock from you and and sell it, planning to return it. Mm -hmm. The person that I sold it to would loan it to someone else who sold it. So the market was over 100% short. So there were more, Mm -hmm. there were more shares being shorted than there were total shares. So it was, huh. it was oh, just wow. like crazy short. So all these people got together on, on this wall street bets forum and they were just like, 
we're all buying this shit. We're going to drive this up. And these, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. and these people, these hedge funds who did this with, you know, tons and tons of shares lost, um, you know, billions of dollars on this while the stock right, went, right. went from like, you know, went from like $18 all the way up to one point to like $400. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some people got really, really fucking rich. And then the apps, these day traders were using, they, sh- the, 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 um, this guy from Robin hood, the most, the most Orwellian name I've ever heard, the most euphemistic sure. name. The, his hedge fund yeah. buddies were like, uh, you got to stop these day traders from doing this. So he let them, you know, he like halted trading so that you could only sell the stock, right. but you couldn't buy it. And this brought together right. Alexandria or Ocasio-Cortez and Ted Cruz to both be like, yeah. Robin Hood, you're full of shit. And then, yeah. and, then, and then AOC was like, hey, look, it's cool that you agree with me, but fuck off, resign. It was awesome. <laughs> I love when she tells that motherfucker to resign. It makes me it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. Pretty funny. So so anyway, I I just went on kind of a rant there, but does that does that make sense no. to you? No, no. I mean, that was that, that was that was great. Yeah, no. Okay. I, I I think that's that's, you know, the, the the clearest explanation I think uh yeah, one could ever get of how how this stock market which to me is a fundamentally unclear uh, entity uh, works. Yeah. Well, and that's the idea. I think that a lot of, so this is what's bringing a lot of these day traders together is that like, it is fundamentally unclear and the, the right, big right. wall street firms make it that way so that they can make mm-hmm. money and you can't. Right. right or right. if you want to make money, you have to invest in their hedge funds or their, you know what I mean? You have to do it through mm-hmm. them. And, and this was right, just sort right. of like a popular social media revolt where everyone was like, they saw an opening. They were like, Oh, this is way overshorted. And they were just mm-hmm. like, and everyone mm-hmm. just fucking swarmed in. And one of my friends who's been, you know, on, I've been following just on Facebook doing all this stuff was, was, uh, you know, he was like, he pointed out that like, this is like Occupy Wall Street was the real fight. And then right. the corporate media who are all, you know, who, who are all enthralled to these Wall Street hedge funds you know, mm-hmm. basically stepped in and told us that actually, no, the fight is about like identity politics and like which which pancake syrup is inherently racist and all this kind of stuff, you know, right. just like classic divide and conquer economics so that we can stop mm-hmm. actually, you know, the, the, the true it's not it's not the culture war. It's a class war. You know what I mean? And like right, we're right. being told that mm-hmm. it's a culture war so that we lose the class war. And I thought that was a pretty insightful way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the main sort of point of reference I have for events like this is, um, that, uh, TV show, um, Mr. Mr. Robot, uh, which was about this, the the main character of it was this, uh, computer hacker. And he was, um, part of this group called F society. And, uh, you know, he, 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 uh, basically did this huge computer hack that kind of like completely wrecked the world economy and so forth. And, and, and he thought that it was going to have all of these great effects for normal people. But then it's, it sort of turns out that, uh, the, the like really rich people like the, like the, the evil CEOs and everything are just like, Oh no, no, we're, we're, we're able to uh, weather this, uh, you know, and it and, and, and it turns out that just like yeah, all 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 of the all, all of the normal people 
were uh, you know, adversely affected by, by what happened. And, and the people that are rich are so rich that they're, they're insulated against you know, any kind of uh, dramatic upheavals like this anyway. So, so it's like the game, the game is really rigged in such a way, in, in, in a way that like, you know, you can't even comprehend, you know, because, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so good. Yeah. I know you told me to watch yeah, that show yeah. and I haven't done it yet. Uh, I forgot. I, I should watch it. That sounds so oh, good. Yeah. I mean, and that really is, yeah. you know, I mean, that's like, I think that actually really is not to, not to bring it back to, <laughs> to Trump, but that's like such a big part of Trump's appeal was that he was the dis- oh, yeah. disruptor to the system, which what, which was and is corrupt. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the system is, is like, yeah, we are insulated against any problems. We control the world and we're going to give you a choice between one of these two people so that you feel like you're participating in democracy where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, right. okay. You can argue that there's a difference between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama, but it's not as big, not nearly the dis- difference between either of those people and Trump and Trump came in as a, as a true disruptor who was just like, this is all bullshit. The system is rigged. And everyone intuitively knew that it's just that mm-hmm. he wasn't the corrective for that. He was, you know, he was like, and the solution is just to inflate my own personal ego. Okay. Well, that's not the solution, but, uh, um, right. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're yeah. all slaves. We're all wage slaves. That's right. That's right. Wake up sheeple. That's right. <clears throat> and that's why, okay, I, I'll stop. But that's why that's no, why no, no. Alex Jones is so popular. That's why Q is so popular. <laughs> right. Because like there's a kernel of truth in that. Right. It's like, no, of course, there's not this weird cabal of like, you know, of like pedophile cannibals. But like there is a deep state. There is mm-hmm. there are unelected people, you know, in the CIA and the FBI and the in the State Department who, you know, who are consistent from administration to administration who like are doing shit that we don't know about and is probably not yeah. in our interests. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well. Okay. Well, <laughs> on to uh, slightly less lofty topics, but uh, yeah. Um, how has your uh, week been, Mike? Uh, what's, what's been uh, going on with you? Well, I mean, I, I, I just covered a lot, a lot of it was taken up by like obsessively checking these yeah. stocks and, oh, sure. and, yeah. uh, I did join a new social media app. So, you know, if, if anyone listens and they want an invite and they can't get in, you know, our email is the comedian and the philosopher at gmail.com. And I will pick my favorite plea for admission. Um, Ooh. we also got our first big snowstorm. Um, oh, oh yeah. Uh huh. And, uh, it's like, we got like two feet of snow and, uh, wow. um, yeah, I was uh, driving home and I, I thought I was going to die cause it started in the middle of the day. And when you live out in the country, man, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about you. They really, this is another reason people vote for Trump. They just, they don't care. Yeah. Like the streets are all cleared in Manhattan. And then as soon as you pass this like political boundary, they're just like, fuck you go go fucking wow. go fucking die in a ditch i mean they, they don't care um yeah but yeah. i i made it home and it snowed like another two feet and i always get like th- i need to get a snowblower because mm-hmm. um i'm 40 now and like mm-hmm. the, i'm at that age i'm not there yet <laughs> but i'm getting to that age where like men drop dead after shoveling snow and you yeah 
I'm sure you live in California. You're from Virginia, but I'm sure you like it happened in Chicago. It would happen every oh, yeah. every year. I know people who it's happened to, or who, you know whose fathers has happened to. You go and you shovel the walk, and everything's fine. And the next minute, like dad is dead. So like I gotta get, mm-hmm. I gotta get a, a snowblower. Um, the problem is like actually, my mom tried to buy me a snowblower. She mm-hmm. sent she sent me a check. My mom, my my wonderful mother, sent me a check for a thousand dollars. She said, "Go buy a snowblower," mm-hmm. and I'm so irresponsible. I fucking blew it on my property taxes. You know what I mean? It's like I can't be trusted. I can't be Mike, trusted with that money. That is such a frivolous, frivolous purchase to make. Property taxes. I know. What is that? I know. It's and it's. <laughs> It's a it's a slippery slope, Duncan. It really is. I mean, I'm like yeah. an addict. I really am like an addict. Like it's like yeah, yeah. you can give me money for one thing, but like I'm just going to like spend it on fucking home maintenance. I've been getting really into like f- like food and clothing for my children, you know what I mean? It's like a okay. really scary world. So I uh, I really need help. I need help, but not financial help. That doesn't help me. I need professional help. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, snow's a weird thing for me uh, because, uh, yeah, I don't experience it anymore uh, firsthand, but you're cured where I live. That's right. That's right. I'm cured. I'm cured of snow. But from uh, where I live, um, there are mountains and I can see the mountains and there is there is sometimes snow on the mountains. So I can see snow from where I live, but but I don't actually experience it. Uh, as a as yeah, a, as a, a sort thing. of tactile phenomenon it's just a visual phenomenon that's right. for you it's, that's right that's right just... yeah and my 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 my, uh, my girlfriend is a uh, native of southern california and she has never she she has never had a first-hand experience of snow in her life yeah well we gotta yeah, we gotta amazing. we gotta get you a job at a um, college in the in the the, the northeast um, that's right. Well, yeah, yeah. I've, I've put in a couple of, uh, applications. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe I can get back to, uh, new England and, uh, experience those, uh, harsh, brutal, uh, winters once again. Yeah. I miss so much. Well, if you, and if you're close enough to me, like when this pandemic is over, maybe we could do these podcasts in person and we could respond not just to each other's words, but each other's pheromones. Wow. That would be, uh, it would be magical. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about magic is just science is just technology is just magic that we know the spells to. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's that. That's that. That's the other way to put that that expression that. Yeah. Yeah. Any any, any technology, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And any any um, technology any understandable technology yeah it's just um very simple magic yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay i think i figured that but i mean like like most of it uh-huh. like somebody knows this spell but like to me it's ma- like i strike a match okay someone knows why that works i don't right but sure because i yeah. know that somebody knows and I know that I can buy these enchanted fire sticks anywhere. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't call it magic, mm-hmm. but it's fucking magic. I mean, think about like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Think about like going back to a caveman, and he's like rubbing some sticks together, and you're like, check it out. 
Ma- mm-hmm. magic sorcery fucking sorcery oh yeah oh definitely definitely no doubt no doubt um but yeah i mean that was that was uh that was my week and if if i could just give a like a psa to the to the listeners um don't buy property no. <laughs> that's like another lie we're being sold home ownership is the american dream it fucking sucks right it snows you have to shovel like Something breaks, you have to fix it. Much better to rent from from a building that has a live-in servant who fix all his, mm-hmm. fixes all of the problems. That's the good life. Yeah. You're yeah. living. You're, if you're living in a rental apartment right now, I want you to know you are living the fucking dream. The every hour that you spend like figuring out how to reattach a uh, closet door to its runner is an hour that you're mm-hmm. not creating important influential internet content which is really what we're all here to do so i just want to put that out there okay well yeah well yeah in terms of property ownership well yeah i uh i live in california so property ownership is like (laughs) just like magic magic to me (laughs) what's that (laughs) right right out here you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm a home i'm a homeowner sorcery what what black what, magic uh, what sort of deviltry is this <laughs> you must be a celebrity <laughs> how much blood of the young innocence is in your belly right now x uh, sent me stuff. to castrate you okay anyway yep uh no, no. Yeah, dude. But so that's me. What what have you been up to? I mean, what what uh, what's what's the drama in in um, Galesville? Yeah, no, the drama has been pretty uh, low key. Um, but uh, yeah, yesterday, uh, me and my girlfriend, we went uh, we went grocery shopping to um, Aldi. And I was just thinking about this. So so, Mike, um, when you hear Aldi, what kind of what kind of associations um, come up around around the name Aldi as 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 a uh, grocery store. I mean, I think of like fake um, products. Like you have like you know they you, they'll have breakfast cereal called like Fruit Hoops, and like uh-huh. you'll get soda called like <laughs> like pro- Professor I don't know. Pro- Professor Peps or something, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, that's what I think of. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, and I and I guess, like, yeah, I'm also thinking in terms of, like, socioeconomically, like, I mean, do, do, do you tend to think of Aldi as, as being... Trash, in, total in, trash, in, in, the customers you're talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. right? The lowest of the low, well, just disgusting. <laughs> Vermin. <laughs> Vermin, Ab- okay, absolutely. Good, good. No, if, if I go to all, I would only go to Aldi during a pandemic when I'm wearing a mask because I would be so ashamed to be recognized there. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was what I was going for. Yeah. No, um, Human yeah, film. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, right, sorry, right. Go no, ahead. no, I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's just interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, um, yeah, the only, uh, experience I have with Aldi as a grocery store was, was when I was living in Chicago. Like, like, I mean, in, in terms of like even seeing them, like, uh, like, 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 okay. like, like I, like they, 
they, they, it wasn't a grocery store that was around where, where, where I, where I grew up, but, but, but yeah, they were in Chicago, but yeah, they were usually in like kind of rougher neighborhoods, uh, I thought, or, or, or in like kind of like more kind of, uh, downtrodden areas, uh, a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they'd usually which, be which, like, wait, what'd you say? Yeah, yeah, they'd be underneath mm-hmm. a train track or like, you know, behind a warehouse or just just some place like some place where you they usually put an Aldi like where you would put the, um, you know, where you would where the meeting spot for like anonymous gay sex would have been in the 70s. Right. Like that's where you right, put an right. Aldi. <laughs> OK, OK. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's just interesting because, yeah, that those are the only associations I had with Aldi and <clears throat> out here in California there really aren't that many Aldi's and there was, there was one that, that just opened up within the last year, like, uh, pretty close to us. That's weird. And you don't think of Aldi's as being places that open. You think of them as that's, just, it's true. Yeah. Just being places that for some reason are still there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, my, um, um, uh, girlfriend and I went to Aldi and, and I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is like a lot nicer than I thought it would be. But, I guess it's just because it's still relatively new. And yeah, I, I, I didn't realize this, Mike, but did you know that like Aldi, like, I guess the owner of Aldi is like the brother of the guy who's the owner of Trader Joe's. Oh, and, and, well, I, I didn't yeah. know that specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was aware that uh-huh. they're owned by the same um, parent company. I mean, okay. that, that, that's always yeah, what I yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I guess, yeah, I guess yeah. they're brother companies. And so they're owned by right, the right. same parent <laughs> company. Um, I just want to say, I shop at Aldi all the time. It's my favorite grocery store. Sure. Um, okay. But okay. yeah, yeah, I did know that. And they, they are sort of these bizarro twins where it's like, it's obvious who like, <laughs> okay. All right. Aldi and Trader Joe. They have the same parents, but it's very clear who daddy's favorite is. Let's put it like that. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So, I mean, this is all just to say that, yeah, I, I went to Aldi. I, I think this is the first time that I ever actually went into an Aldi was yesterday. And it was a lot nicer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure if it's just because out here in California, there are, there are fewer Aldis in general. And so they can afford to make them nicer maybe than they are in, 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 in other places. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I, <laughs> I have been um, making fun of Aldi because I am sure. a comedian, but I just want to say I'm a professional, so please don't attempt this at home. I, I, sure. I love Aldi. I think Aldi's great. Yeah. They have a lot That's of very cool. similar products to Trader Joe's. It's very affordable, mm-hmm. and it's usually next to a dollar store. So, like, if you need... You know, if you're if you're running low on yo-yos or whatever, you know, or if you want some stale cigarettes, you can usually, you know, you can make that a twofer. And so that that's that's good. Um, Great. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually first learned I, 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 I'm a big fan of Aldi and they're not super shitty. I think a lot of the products that they have there are the same products that they have in Trader Joe's, just like with a different box and a different like fake name for it. Right, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and Trader Joe's, you know, it, it, it really is. It, it's just like, you know how you like you don't sell the steak, you sell the sizzle. They just have different. Right. They have different sizzles. Right. I mean. Oh, yeah, definitely. Trader Joe's is popular because like it seems nice, but it's it's also right. very affordable. Like it's nothing like going to Whole yep. Foods or something like that, which itself oh, has sure. actually gotten sure. a lot more affordable since it was um, bought out by Satan. But um, yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, say what you want about Satan. He brought the prices of organic avocados down. So, hey, the devil's not all bad. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, Yeah, so, you know, had um, a little bit of an Aldi adventure. Um, And I think think it's nice. I just, just uh real quick, it almost feels like you, by shopping at Aldi, you are doing penance for having used... uh, uh, what's it called? Instacart last week. <laughs> Instacart, yeah. Or two weeks ago. <laughs> That's right. Forgive That's me, right. Father, for I have sinned. That's all right. Do few, uh, five Hail Marys and shop at Aldi next week. Yeah. Go in yeah. peace, my son. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just it's just interesting how like, you know, there are there are stores in like certain parts of the country that are like very plentiful and and numerous but 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 then like there's other parts of the country where they're uh more uncommon and so like when one comes to another part of the country people are like "Ooh, we've got we got this new thing and like if if you're from some other part of the country you're like oh well that's that's like not necessarily a, a big deal but it like seems like a big deal just because it's it's new or, or uncommon or right right like oh we just got a sonic like great enjoy right. <laughs> Yeah, in, yeah. Enjoy your <laughs> enjoy your novel brand of diarrhea. Have fun with that. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, I think uh yeah, our uh, our mutual friend uh Louis was was talking about um when a uh, Chick-fil-A opened in Chicago, like there there, there was there was like a, a a line around the block uh when when it first opened up cuz like, ooh, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, and I was part of that. I mean, like, I love Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. But I was waiting in that line. And it's the same thing in yeah, New York. Yeah. And actually, I will mm-hmm. say that the Chick-fil-A's in New York, I mean, obviously it's different now with the pandemic, but there's a couple of Chick-fil-A's in Manhattan. And a lot of the people who do wait in line for them are transplants mm-hmm. from the South who are like, oh, I miss this. I yeah. remember this. Um, right, but they right. have good fries. They have good chicken sandwiches. The being closed on Sunday yep. is very good branding. It's like total, yep. I don't know, I see it very cynically. It's just like, it's just a way of signaling, we're good Christian folk. But it's like, right, right. no, but that's just like, it's the same thing with like Whole Foods. It's like, yeah, they, they sure, they source sustainable products, but it's not because they care about the earth. It's because they can say, we source sustainable products and all the people will come over after yoga class or whatever, you know? Sure, it's like sure. The motive is, is what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I fucking love chick-fil-a what's what's interesting to me also not that this is not interesting but what's also interesting to me is how different products in different parts of the country have different names and the one that comes immediately Mm -hmm. to mind is in california do you have hellman's mayonnaise or do you have best mayonnaise uh yeah if you look for hellman's mayonnaise in a grocery store you are going to be disappointed it is not there yeah no but it's called but don't you have a, a brand called best best yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Best, yeah. Best foods is is uh, yeah. And it's this. It's the same thing. It is pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I kind of forget the deal. It is. I I. I mean, I think it's almost like, yeah. It it might be that like two different companies sort of like made a deal. Like you know, we we're 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 gonna we're gonna sell sell here. You 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 sell there. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It's this. Mm-hmm. It's the same company. It's the same okay. mayonnaise. It it's just yeah. mm-hmm. west of the Rockies, it's called Best. And east of the right, Rockies, right. it's called Hellman's. And, and the company mm-hmm. is, I believe, called Hellman's Best. And it was... Okay. It was... Yeah. It used to be two different companies. 
that merged right. and they just decided oh, okay. to like keep the names in the different yeah. range regions. But it like right, right, comes right. from the same factory. And it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like the same mayonnaise. And um, right, right. I mean, Hardy's and Carl's Jr. is like that, right? It's the same thing. They just call oh, it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up on the uh, East Coast. And so, you know, we, we had Hardy's. And yeah, and, and, and it's funny because, yeah, I mean, Hardy's had this very kind of distinctive logo and look. And then at a certain point, yeah, like in the kind of mid 90s, I think, the Hardy's look changed. We were and we were distracted by grunge, and they changed the that's look. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They and they they, they changed the look, and and, and like all, all of a sudden there was this like star uh, that was like prominently featured in the in the in the uh, Hardy's logo. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And the logo just like suddenly changed, and the menu didn't really change that much, but it was just like, oh, that's that's kind of weird. And then, yeah. And then I then I uh, move out here to California, and I find out, oh yeah, this this other restaurant carl's jr bought up uh arties and uh yeah just kind of rebranded everything suddenly but kept the name of hardy's on the east coast but yeah out here it's uh carl's yeah, jr. yeah. um there is a, a drugstore chain in new york city that's called Dwayne reed and it's uh -huh. uh, um it's it was like the ubiquitous corner store drugstore in new york it still is um, and it's, mm -hmm. it's called that because it was the original location was between Dwayne street and Reed street in lower Manhattan, but it was bought by Walgreens a number of years ago. And this interesting okay. thing. So I, I'd go into Dwayne Reed. Um, it was, it was probably about four years ago. It was bought by Walgreens and I go into Dwayne Reed and all of a sudden, like my cause I'm from Chicago where Walgreens is a big drugstore. And all of a mm -hmm. sudden my, like my Walgreens loyalty number worked at Dwayne Reed when it didn't before. Right. And now you'll see, it'll say, it says Dwayne Reed. And then it'll say like powered by Walgreens. So it still says yeah. Dwayne Reed, but like <laughs> the pharmacy is Walgreens and the store is Dwayne Reed. Right. And it's right, like, right. I just think that that powered by Walgreens is going to get larger and larger. And the Dwayne Reed mm -hmm. is going to get smaller and smaller until it's sure, finally sure. subsumed and it's just Walgreens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and also um, Safeway. There was that. There was that grocery store Safeway. There, there, there used to be a bunch of them where I grew up, uh, and then they kind of all closed down. But it turns out that Safeway is still is still going strong as a company. It's just that they own all of these other grocery stores. Like 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 out here in California, there's like Vaughn's, there's Albertsons, and they're all actually. Safeway. It's oh, just is that safe, is that right? Yeah. I thought that um, mm -hmm. Albertsons, because like I'm pretty sure there's like there's like four uh, grocery store chains that own all the different local ones, right? Right. And I thought uh -huh. I thought Safeway was one, and I had thought that Albertsons was another one, but maybe they merged. Um, Stop and Shop, I think, yeah. is. Uh huh. Uh, but it's like yeah, it's like it might be. It might be uh, Ralph's is 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 the one that Safeway owns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might be getting some something, something confused, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, one of the first national um, supermarket chains was started by Trump's father, and it was called. Oh, yeah. uh, fuck, what's it called? This is a factual thing. I'm going to forget. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh God damn it! What? Uh, um, it, it's like it was. It was based in cities, like before suburbanization. And so, like, it kind mm -hmm. of went out of, not out of business, but there are very few. Um, Trump, okay. 
uh, senior grocery store. Hang on. We're going to do it. All right. All right. We're going to actually look this up on the Internet so uh, that we can be yeah. accurate. No, but I lost it. I lost it. No, I don't know what okay. it's called. Um, but we'll uh, someone email us. Tell us how we yeah, fucked up. Yeah, email us. What's the name? The comedian and the philosopher at gmail.com. That's right. Email us and tell us the name of the supermarket I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, well, cool, buddy. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, and then, and then other, other than that, uh, yeah, other than the supermarket adventures, um, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> Look, look, listeners, yeah. we could talk forever about anything. So if that's what you're into, tune in. That's right. We can't, we can't promise it's going to be but so interesting, but we can definitely talk about, yeah, we, about anything for a while. What, what is, what's the requisite <laughs> skill for doing a podcast? The ability to never shut the fuck up. We got this. We fucking got, got it. it. Nailed it. But yeah, um, otherwise, yeah, I've... You know, I, I, I mean, obviously, you know, during this pandemic, you know, it's just all about consuming as much media as you possibly can. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I just started um, reading this uh, comic book series. I mean, I, I, I read it because there's there's a, there's a TV show adaptation that I would also like to eventually watch called the uh, um, the the uh, boys. Have you have you uh, no. heard of this at all? Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's an Amazon prime show, but yeah, yeah. And it's, it's based on a, on a comic book. Uh, and yeah, it's a really, a really fascinating premise. So yeah, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, boys is about, um, a world in which superheroes exist. Right. Um, so there are, there are a number of, you know, people that have superpowers, but, and, and, and it's, and it's kind of like all of these superheroes, they go out and they fight crime, but they're all kind of kind of like corporately sponsored and so forth. And they're not they're not exactly evil people, but they're not they're not necessarily, you know, good people either. I mean, I mean, you know, they, they're not like, you know, Steve Rogers, Captain America, like just a, just a good, decent person. They're like pe- people that have superpowers and they go out and, and they and they fight crime because that's their job. But. They're also kind of like amoral scumbags in their uh-huh. sort of, you know, personal lives, and like, and 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 they they uh, they uh, don't they uh, don't really care about you know the you know little people, and like if there's collateral damage from you know fights that they have with supervillains, eh, they don't really care about that so much, and so and, and so basically, you know, this the, there's a society in which that happens, and so there's this group of people who are who are sort of like sponsored by the government but they're kind of like i guess black ops sort of uh people called called uh the boys who sort of police the superheroes and they sort of like kind of put put the uh superheroes in their place and kind of remind them like hey you know yeah you guys might have superpowers but if you guys overstep your boundaries you know we're we're here to kind of like put you back in your place and, and, and kind of remind you of, uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so those are the boys, the black ops type. 
That's right. And do they yeah, have yeah. like mm -hmm. super powers? Like how do you police superpowers? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 like about uh, six issues into the series. So I mean the 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 world building is still kind of um, being being done, but uh, it 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 seems like the way that they sort of explain that is that there's basically this chemical that is sort of the source of all superpowers, and so 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 the boys have access to the sort of like. Um, chemical in its pure form and they have all injected themselves with with the chemical that basically gives them like super strength and stuff so 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 so, th so that's that's how they're like able to you know sorcery black yeah, magic yeah yeah that's right that's right yeah wow so, 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 yeah 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 and it, and it's like i, I mean the and, the and the comic book is like super dark and like uh there's like like every issue there's at least one or two like jaw-dropping things that like happen um the, the 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 comic is is uh written by the same guy who did uh preacher if you if you're uh i mean uh, i'm familiar with that comic at all i'm yeah. i'm vaguely familiar with the movie by that name that i don't know if it was based on the comic or not okay yeah um yeah i think yeah 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 i think there was a tv series based on based on preacher as well uh, yeah i'm not sure if the movie is related to it but um, but yeah, yeah. And, 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 and so basically it's just like kind of like a, a, uh, you know, super dark kind of social satire and kind of commentary on, on, on superhero stuff. I mean, so, so, so sort of along the same lines as, as Watchmen, but actually, yeah, so far kind of even darker okay. <laughs> in some ways than Watchmen, Watchmen was, but, but, but also, also a lot of very dark comedy, uh, in it as well. And so it's, uh. It's a uh, very, very uh, interesting, very, very compelling so far. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's cool, man. What What do you think in mm -hmm. terms of like, if you think of uh, stories in terms of their, um, you know, as sort of like modern day myths, right? Which we right. talked about a little bit. What do you think about mm -hmm. the value of um, a myth in which the uh, characters are are sort of morally ambiguous? Um, as mm -hmm. opposed to one in which, you know, like an old fashioned Superman or, or uh, um, Captain America, where it's, you know, truth, justice in the American way uh, is the good guy and the bad right. guy. I sort of see um, strengths and dangers in both. Like the way I see it, yeah. on the one hand, um, uh, a myth where the uh, hero is purely good, you know, it, it might um, the, the populace would want to identify with that. Um, and, and find what is good in them and be good. Um, on the other hand, a myth where the hero is morally ambiguous would probably, you know, lead to the formation of a, of a culture where people recognize that human beings are neither good nor bad, and therefore we need, right. you know, the proper incentive structures to sort of ensure a functioning and, you know, morally acceptable society. Right, right. Well, yeah, um, I think that, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, those particular cases you mentioned, Superman and Captain America in particular, I think that those are probably the two maybe most successful characters who are sort of morally pure. And, I mean, it's, and, 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 it, and it almost seems like, you know, the mythology can, uh, only has, has enough room for maybe one or two examples of that uh, specifically, uh, because there is there is a sense in which you know 
on the one hand, we want to believe that there are people like that out there. But on the other hand, you know, our, our sort of innate cynicism kind of rebels against the idea, well, I mean, are they really as good as, as we sort of think that they are? And, and I, I, I think even in the cases of, I mean, Superman, I don't know about quite as much, but I mean, I mean, in the case of Captain America, you know, he, I mean, he, that's definitely a character where, you know, he really is like, like a morally pure guy, but he also still has a lot of sort of like doubts about himself. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues in Captain, with the character of Captain America about how like, well, yeah, he was, he was created during World War II and then he was in that state of suspended animation and then he was revived in the present day. And so that kind of like gives him this kind of weird sort of like existential crisis of like, well, yeah, I'm, I live in the present day, but I was created for World War II. So like, do I even belong in this era that I'm in now? And, 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 and so I, I think that like, when those kinds of questions are raised with a character like Captain America, that inherently makes him a lot more interesting than just, you know, morally pure, you know, rah, rah, America. Right. I, I mean, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's I, sort of a question. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. I mean, I, I was just going to say it's sort of a question of like, sure. like, is that purity a thing of the past? Is that some like ideal that we, you know, is, is there something nostalgic about even thinking about somebody that way? Right, exactly, exactly, and and it's interesting. Like, I mean, both both in the comics and and in and in the movies to a certain extent, there they have you know sort of emphasized the fact that, I mean, you know, j- j- just because his name is Captain America doesn't mean that he's going to unquestioningly follow what the U.S. government does every time. Like, you know, he 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 has his own code of ethics, and if and if if he thinks that the American government is going against what what he thinks is is correct, then he's going to rebel against that, uh, and 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 so it's 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 kind of like you know, even though his name suggests that he's just an avatar of the American way, no, he's he's uh, he, he's a particular person that that has has had that role thrust upon him, but but that has his own sort of beliefs that that may go against that at times. Yeah. Okay. And that sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier on about how like there's a difference between the interests of the American people and the actions mm-hmm. of the American government. Sure. Absolutely. And that's where the, the, the deep, the deep state comes in and these sort of false binary choices we're presented with every four years to make us feel like we're participating in something that we're right. That right. we're, that we're really sort of subjects to rather than participants in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I've only kind of obliquely answered, I think, what your, what your initial question was, which is um, the moral ambiguity of mythological characters yeah. in general. Like, h- how sort of valuable is that? And I think it's interesting because if you go back to the sort of earliest myths, I mean, if you go back to the Greek myths. Wh- know, which are by no means ca- the earliest myths, but they're the earliest ones we know well, right? Well, that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, yeah, I guess they're the, they're the earliest um, recorded myths um i mean yeah the only the, I, I mean the only thing yeah beyond the greek myths that we know of is maybe like gilgamesh or something well but, yeah and the egyptian yeah, uh, stuff i mean there's egyptian stuff yeah. that's older that's true yeah 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 we, I guess, yeah, I, yeah, we don't have as complete right. records yeah. of it but i mean i i sure this is a tangent we'll save it for another episode but i happen to believe mm-hmm. that human history goes back 
way, or I like to believe that human history goes back way, 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 way further than we think it does in terms of civilization. But anyway, that's a that's another, oh, sure. another topic yeah. for another day. Anyway, yeah, the the moral ambiguity uh, within the Greek myths. Please, please, carry on. We- oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, and it's it, it's interesting because, yeah, you know, in our sort of more modern society, we're used to heroes being very straightforwardly good yeah because like yeah 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 so yeah somebody like superman is is sort of our main kind of model of what like a like a hero is but if we go back to those to those much earlier myths uh, we see that well well yeah no actually <laughs> things are much more nuanced and ambiguous because very few of the of the heroes of, of greek myths are, are 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 necessarily the kind of people that yeah, are are uh, right. Uh, yeah, sort of unambiguously good. They they all have flaws of one kind or another. I mean, like you know, Achilles is like way too proud, and 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 um, Odysseus is like crafty and deceptive, and uh, Hercules is kind of an idiot uh, a lot of times. Right. Uh, Zeus, yeah, Zeus yeah. can't keep his dick in his toga or in his. Tunic. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even talking about about the gods. Right, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, I mean, the gods are like the the, the absolute worst. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and <laughs> they really are. It was like celebrity yeah. gossip. They're always yeah, they're yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 like in a way that I mean, that's that's what's so interesting. I mean, I, I think that's why yeah, the Greek myths specifically have endured for so long because. They present a much more sort of realistic picture of uh, the way that I mean, if if there are gods, yeah, uh, you know, uh, in this sort of traditional Judeo-Christian picture, we th- we th- uh, you know, God is thought of as uh, perfectly good and all-powerful, but that 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 uh, goes wrong very quickly if you just kind of think about well yeah but what what about all the uh fucked up shit that happens right. in the world uh and 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 it's the greek myths that that explain that a lot better it's like well yeah the the fucked up shit in the world it's because yeah the gods are actually uh fucked up selfish and horrible <laughs> people that uh like to torture to like, like like to uh torture you know us uh puny mortals uh all the time right the, the greek myths all sort of read mm-hmm. like cautionary tales right? oh yeah Definitely, definitely. What What's yeah. the equivalent of the Judeo-Christian God within that um, framework? Is it Is it Cosmos? Is that the the All, the One, the Source? Yeah, it's a that's, that's a good question. I mean, I don't think that there is a, there is an equivalent in terms of like. Yeah, I, I I mean, I think that. The Greek religion, as it was practiced, I think just they they acknowledged the existence of many different gods. Each particular city or, or village had like its own one of those gods that it that it worshipped more than more than the others. But I, yeah, yeah, I don't think that there was there was one sort of all powerful being above those that they sort of. But there was a place from which the Titans before the gods were created. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, I think that like the sort of creation myth of, um, of Greek mythology was, yeah. Uh, 
initially there was there was chaos. There's chaos and, and then, cosmos, right? That's what what. Well, no, I, I, I think there was just chaos. And then from chaos, there came, um, there came Uranus, the sky, and Gaia, the, the earth. The earth, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's and cosmos? Then, or, or, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm really hung up on cosmos. Yeah, cosmos, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I, I mean, that's, that's just the Greek word for the, the, the uh, universe in general. But I, 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 I've never heard of cosmos as a sort of personified being okay but um, but uranus fucked gaia and created right. yeah. the titans that's right yeah 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 and so, so so the titans were the the first sort of generation of of, of a pantheon of gods uh and that was uh chronos and uh Rhea and uh prometheus uh were, were were among the titans but yeah but then they they got um, defeated by the next generation, the uh, the uh, Olympians, yeah, mm-hmm. and the uh, and the uh, the the uh, Titans got imprisoned within the Earth. Yeah. Well, not all of them, because like um, uh, um, Prometheus fought on the side of the gods against the Titans. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Prometheus was the one member of the of the Titans that, that yeah that sided with the with the Olympians. But yeah, he was the he was the exception. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just listening to the uh, Stephen Fry audiobook about uh, Greek mm-hmm. mythology, which um, I've read. Oh, cool. I've read yeah. some reviews that say it's it's incomplete, but it's it's cool to hear. He's got such a. It's just he's a good, he's a great writer and he's a great talker, so it's fun to listen to him. Oh yeah, uh, talk about absolutely. Yeah, you know, during my during my time at uh, Harvard, um, one of the one of the few um, sort of times that I actually got to sort of like rub shoulders with a with a famous person was uh, when I went to um, yeah there, there there was this one class I was taking that was uh, taught by uh, by by the uh, the minister of of, of Harvard of of, of uh, Harvard's church and he and he he had this uh, big house in the in the center of Harvard's campus and he, he he would have an afternoon tea every week and I I went to it sometimes and one time when I went to it uh, Stephen Fry was there and I actually talked to him briefly and he was uh, very nice. Uh, uh, ex- uh, exactly what you would think of as a as a proper English English gentleman. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 yeah Stephen Fry is great. Um, mm-hmm. What you were saying about flawed heroes is is um, yeah. I think uh, I I think you're right. I think I like oversold how how many pure good ones there are. I mean, even someone like Batman is like. I mean, he's just like, oh, yeah, he's just like beating up on like street criminals because he's like too macho to go to therapy. Right. 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 Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Because of one 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 incident in his life when um, he was he was helpless. He uh, he has to make up for that for the rest of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of more a sort of like Ayn Randian parable for sort of like you know, um, uh, libertarian sort of toughness, right? Isn't it sort mm-hmm. of like you got to take care of yourself and don't let the world push you around right. and don't be weak and you have to build yourself up and be strong. And 
Yeah, that's interesting. I never made the connection between Batman and uh, Ayn Rand, but I, I think there is one there. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, because I mean, ba- Batman is kind of like you know, famously, he has no superpowers. He just purely uh, trains himself, uh, and of course, he, he, yeah. he also has has uh, tremendous financial resources, wait, wait, but, which uh, is actually the yeah. most realistic of all the superpowers. But um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, his main superpower is bootstraps and like the ability to buy the best boots. That's right. (laughs) Well put. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, so. um, Yeah, you know, that's that's been interesting to kind of kind of get get back into some some interesting comics like that. Um, And. yeah, I've also, you know, I, I mean, in terms of consuming, you know, tons of media, I, I mean, there's 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 tons of TV shows that I watch all the time, and you know, and it and it 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 just seems to me like, you know, it's just reflecting upon. I mean, both with comic books and with TV shows, I mean, it's like such such a, um, I guess, unique way to sort of take in a story because it's a, it's a story that, that continues on um, over a long period of time. And it's, it's a story that can, that can have a lot more sort of complexity than the sort of story that you would just take in from a, from a movie. And, um, and so, you know, it's something that I, um, that I, I, I definitely have kind of gravitated towards as, as something I almost kind of prefer to movies, uh, you know, because you get so much more invested in uh in these characters that you you spend a lot more time with in uh tv shows yeah yeah um, definitely it's i mean especially now when when it's on demand right where oh yeah yeah you know Mm -hmm. this is the the uh the golden age of of television argument which is i guess a phrase you don't hear so much anymore but it's still the the mode of consumption is so much more like reading a book series um yeah in that you can pick it up and put it down whenever Whenever it suits you, excuse me. Uh, whenever, whenever yeah. you please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, and it just, uh, just sort of made me reflect upon, yeah, like, you know, what are like some of some of my favorite TV shows, and uh, you know, what 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 are some that this, this sort of had had the biggest impact upon me, and um, yeah, and so. Yeah, I was just just curious, and uh, in uh, your case as well, like what what are what 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 are some of your favorite TV shows as well? And uh, yeah, and like I think we've talked in the past about like you know the extent to which labeling something as your favorite does it sort of like say something about you? Is that is is, is it like a, a kind of unique part part of your identity? Do, do you feel like that, that this particular thing is your is your favorite of that uh so yeah so yeah just uh, yeah mm-hmm. well i mean I, f- I feel like um i mean we've talked about this before with like favorite movies and and um right um it always seemed to me like there's just so many movies that, and so many of them are so good and they are more like these sort of self-contained moments um and and to pick a, a list of your of your say your top three favorite movies um is is something that always to me felt like it's something I did when I was like 16 or 18. I was like, okay, these are my favorite movies. These are my favorite bands. These are yeah, my favorite. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and it was, it was sort of like less 
um, uh, uh, in my case specifically, less like sort of a, a reasoned analysis and more just like a ready-made answer to have on hand. Um, right. And, and it, I always, whenever I would provide this answer, I always felt like I was saying my favorite color is green, which is like, well, obviously I don't have a favorite color. You know what I mean? I had a favorite color at some point when I was younger. And then I realized that like, oh, they're all beautiful and we need, you know, there's so many, whatever. Um, Sure. With TV shows, actually, I feel like I feel like it's a little bit different. Like I can say pretty definitively that The Wire is my favorite TV show. Yeah. And it's it's kind of not very close. Um, Sure. Yeah. yeah, And I I, uh, there's so many, of course, great TV shows. And I think you consume a lot more media than I do. So I probably haven't been, you know, exposed to nearly as many TV shows as you have. But that show for me was was a bit of a revelation. And it was hard to get into. It was difficult to get into because at first it just seems like, okay, this is like a decent police procedural. And it isn't until you get two thirds of the way through the first season when you realize that it's more than that. And then each Mm -hmm. season becomes um, just like a much deeper analysis of all of the uh, social and political problems that we face in this country and how they're all connected and how, how the institutions corrupt people and how the um, incentives in so many cases are perverse to the outcomes that we want. Right. And right. so just, I feel like I learned more about the world that I live in from watching that show than from watching anything mm-hmm. else. And I think they do jump the shark a bit in season five. Season five is a little bit, it doesn't add any further depth to right to but each of the first four seasons takes you a little bit deeper into your understanding of America and and its right. institutions from the one before all while being eminently watchable gripping television so right so for me that's well, yeah, my favorite no. yeah and and you know I'll just say that yeah while it's while it's 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 not my personal pick for for, for my personal favorite the wire is a very strong choice, and uh, I uh, I uh, definitely love that show as well. Yeah, and 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 it is interesting. Yeah, yeah, the, what you talk about with the jumping the shark thing. Yeah, I think I think the yeah the sort of problem with 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 the wire. I mean, it's kind of like almost its strength as a weakness is that. Yeah, I think that I think it's the the uh, fourth season. Yeah, yeah, that's the season that that, that follows the uh, the uh, kids in school. Right. I think that I think that season is so strong that any 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 season that comes after it is uh, um, sort of um, inevitably going to be not as good. Uh, so 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 I mean I mean I mean it's 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 uh, it's uh, almost like they kind of like hit hit the absolute climax in the uh, penultimate season, and so and so then they had one more season it was like oh yeah yeah this this one's not not quite as good but still better than 99.9 percent of all other television i i wouldn't quite agree with that analysis i'd say that season five is better than about 75 percent of other television i think it's like okay that's fair i think it's not just not as good as the fourth season i think it is far worse than any of the other seasons and um okay uh, but but i mean you know i i just feel like because i rewatched it recently and it was just like I remember being in, in parts of season five and just being like, oh, this is bad writing. Like, this is like, this is right. like the characters, like, 
saying it's just very on the nose just saying like well this is how i feel about you well this is how i feel about you and it's like no people don't talk that way that's how like you write a season basically i feel like what happened to the wire is like at the end of season four they're like well we don't have anything more to say but let's keep going for a while i mean essentially right right uh but well yeah 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 i mean i um I remember in the last season, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of focuses, I think, on the um, sort of uh, on um, um, uh, journalism, sort of like right. newspaper reporting. And then, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a plot about like, yeah, 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 a, um, a newspaper reporter like sort of ma- ma- yeah, making up stories. making up or sort of. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it was it was funny. I actually remember like kind of describing part of it to a, um, a friend of mine who uh, worked for a newspaper and like when, when, when I got to that yeah he was like uh, yeah no that's that's kind of ridiculous and I was like yeah 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 I, I guess so yeah and and, and 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 it's and it's so funny yeah because like with with most other TV shows it's like you know you would expect there to be a, a certain point in the plot line where it maybe gets a little ridiculous but with the uh, wire it was so like, you know, out of character, yeah, accurate to 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 the way things actually went. That yeah, when they when when they started to be more like a more traditional TV show, it's like, oh yeah, no, come on, Wire, you should be you should be you should be better than that. Yeah. Well, right, and and like the, I mean, I think there is something to investigate with like both. I mean, that was during during the 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 uh, sort of fire sale of newspaper consolidation as the internet was new. Yeah. So there there were interesting mm-hmm. threads there. I think like the fake news um, aspect of the season, which is I guess the 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 uh, nominal thrust of the season, is the is the the newspaper industry um, and the, right. and the news media. Like that was. Um, there, there was definitely good stuff in there that in some ways maybe is more salient now than it even was then. But that idea of like this, this reporter just like making up stories is not even the most ridiculous thing about the fifth season. The most absurd plot point is McNulty inventing a false serial killer. Um, right. And feeding, uh-huh. you know, so that they can get funding for the, uh, right, it's right. just, you know, it's good fiction, but yeah, it's out of character with the um, with the rest of the series, which is essentially fiction in form only. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I do remember in that in that season. Yeah, there there, there were at least a couple of, of of interesting things within that. Like there, there was there was one scene I remember with like uh, McNulty and the uh, reporter talking to each other, and there's a point where like. Both of them know that the other one is lying, mm-hmm. but like, not, but like, but yeah. like, neither one of them can can like reveal that they know that the other one is lying because that would like tip their hand about something as well. And so, that 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 sort of dynamic was was at least interesting. But oh, for sure. And yeah. and like mm-hmm. I said, I do yeah. still think that mm-hmm. that season is better than seventy five percent of television. I mean, it's sure. it's still sure. a good yeah. season of television. Mm-hmm. It's just not. I just yeah, thought your ninety nine point nine figure was high. That's all. I, I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 no. It was probably a little quibbling over the over details. the top. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. No, yeah, there's yeah. good stuff in that season. If it, if it had just been like four episodes shorter, you know, it probably would have been a good right, season. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. The uh, the uh, wire, strong choice. Um, any other uh, any other shows that uh, that that 
that, that, that are within your pantheon of favorites? Yeah, I mean, I have some distant, some dist. I mean, I think that the next, the next one that usually comes to my mind is Breaking Bad. I mean, that's like, yeah, just such gripping television. Just, just a masterclass of storytelling of long form serial form mm-hmm. storytelling. In there, there's no season that's bad. There's only one episode that's unnecessary. Um, out of out of five yeah. five seasons, I think. Okay, um, which uh, I'm speaking yeah. of the so, the fly episode where they're, <laughs> which is interesting because I think a lot of people consider that to be one of the best episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there, there's yeah. a there's uh-huh. a um, there are two camps, and um, yeah, and and I I don't mind the episode. It's just that it's like my time is valuable, and I don't know why they wasted it. Right, like but <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's much less egregious than most shows. Um, in terms of the uh, the uh, um, the, uh, the uh, privileged the, the 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 way in which they feel privileged to your time, I mean, I think Walking Dead was the worst offender. Where it's just like after a while, it's like you are wasting my time and emotionally manipulating me. But yeah, Bre- right, Breaking right. Bad I think is a great show. I I don't really have like a top three kind of thing. I have those. I mm-hmm. I'd say I have a top one. I mean, the show that I've enjoyed the most recently was, and I mm-hmm. I actually watched it sort of with the idea in mind that like I was going to be starting a podcast with a philosopher is, um, yeah. is, uh, uh, the good life, um, which for a comedy, the good, the good, I'm the good, the place, good place, the good place, yeah. the good place, yeah, yeah, the good yeah. place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and, um, I just, I thought that was great. You know, it's just very, yep. very funny, very smart, very, um, fun stuff with the manipulating the form kind of, um, yep. you know, especially for like a show on, one of the big three broadcast networks. I mean, um, uh, just, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. I, yeah. I really, uh, I really liked it, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't really have a, a pantheon beyond what I just sort of outlined. I mean, sure. of course the Simpsons. Okay. I mean like that's sure. That's yeah. sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, like I might be, a, you know, like you grow up Catholic, you might be a lapsed Catholic. I mean, I always love the Simpsons, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, my the, truest uh, TV home would be the right. Simpsons. And I think for a lot of people in our generation, it is. Yeah. I would say the, the, the Simpsons is my favorite TV show that I have still only watched about maybe 40% of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I, I mean, after about 15 seasons, I think, yeah. you know, it's just like, okay, I'm have, uh, other, other things to focus on. And, um, right. Right. And I don't even know if the show is still any good. I assume that it's not, but I don't know. Yeah, every time that I sort of check in with it, which which I do sort of periodically, it's still really good at having like funny jokes and funny sort of like laugh out loud moments. I think that what it what it lacks now is some sort of like cohesive plot to the episodes that sort of like makes you care about things beyond just the kind of joke machine aspect of it. So, right. you know, it's, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I think it's still, it's still very, very good. at just kind of like, you know, producing jokes and producing laughs. But yeah, if, 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 if one of the requirements of a TV show is to actually tell <laughs> some kind of uh, sustained story. Yeah. I'm not sure if the Simpsons, is really so focused on that anymore. It seems like the primary function of the Simpsons at this point is to keep a certain group of writers and voice actors employed. 
I mean, that's kind of how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would say that. Yeah, that's good. That is sort of my, that's the, the Simpsons is my origin story. And then my, my yeah. two mature favorites are the, are the wire and breaking bad. Good. Good. With Excellent. a with a little bit of yeah. good place mixed in, but I can't promise that's going to stay in the group. That's just kind of their new friend. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. One thing I'll say about the uh, the uh, good place. I mean, aside from the fact that just you know it's the most mainstream TV show that deals overtly with with philosophy and philosophical issues in a way that uh, is very surprising to me. Uh, but. Um, I think that the end of the first season of The Good Place, I think that is one of the best sort of twist endings I've, I've ever seen sure. executed yeah, and, in, in a television show. And, yeah. and I would like, I like the show so much, I don't even want to spoil it for anyone who's listening who hasn't exactly. seen it. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Same. Just same. like, so, what yeah. are you doing? You're stuck inside. Watch this show. Also, side note, P.S., I have always been a little bit in love with Kristen Bell and um yeah that that continues to this day like I do I do love her very deeply and um I hear that yeah yeah mm-hmm. um I uh she gets me through watching Frozen with my kids um yeah <laughs> she, she was just such a like I don't know she was this like weird abrasive presence and party down that was just like very like I don't know. It's just very captivating to me. And yeah, I, mm-hmm. I am, I am very much in love with her. You just can't forget Sarah Marshall. Oh yeah. She was in that too. Wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll yeah. be honest though. I mean, I do love her and she was in that, but um, there was a little distraction on, on the part of uh, Mila Kunis in forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. That yeah, yeah. while mm-hmm. I, while I feel like, I am more deeply and like sustainably like life partner in love with Kristen Bell. Um, I was more um, erotically enthralled with Mila Kunis in that movie. And and so I momentarily forgot my, my, um, my true life partner. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Infidelity within, within a uh, movie. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was cheating on my make believe girlfriend with my, make-believe mistress <laughs> very good very good what about you man what's um, your uh, what's your pantheon yeah so you know when it when it comes to all-time favorite tv shows there's one what one show that kind of rises above the rest uh that that, that i have to talk about first and that is twin peaks Oh, um, duh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And, I'm so uh, stupid. And, <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, you know, yeah, people who people who know me somewhat well, yeah, that's it's, it's uh, probably not going to be a surprise. But um, yeah, so so Twin Peaks is. And as you were talking about with The Wire, I, I mean, the thing about Twin Peaks is that <laughs> there are. There are obvious flaws right. with Twin Peaks as a as as a as a show in its uh, entirety. Um, like like for a, instance, a, season two, right? Yeah, yeah. Most 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 of uh, most of uh, season two. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, 
I mean, you know, in, in case people are, are not completely familiar with Twin Peaks, I mean, it's a show that was kind of created, uh, yeah, it was created by David Lynch and uh, Mark Frost. And uh, yeah, yeah and da- I mean, if you know the movies of David Lynch, it, it very much has that kind of feel to a lot of the uh, episodes and overall sensibility of it. And the show uh, primarily revolved around the murder of this, uh, this high school girl, Laura Palmer. And basically, yeah, the first season was all about that. And then in the second season, that mystery continued. And then they kind of solved that mystery at a certain point in the second season. And the show continued. And <laughs> the show... And nobody was quite sure why. Yeah, yeah, the show the show became very sort of um, unfocused and uh, disconnected after that. But um, nevertheless, uh, yeah, Twin Peaks is a show that I think I have watched in its entirety at least at least three times, and you know, and I I definitely intend to go back and watch it again uh, at at some point in the uh, near future. And I think I think there's just something so sort of compelling about. Um, not just the story itself, but uh, many of the characters. I mean, I think that um, Kyle MacLachlan as Agent Cooper. I think that's that's one of the great sort of um, yeah TV uh, character portrayals of uh, all time. I think I think he's just uh, a really uh, really interesting uh, character in uh, many ways. Uh, so 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 yeah. I, I mean, and 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 that's. You know, so so sort of sort of going back to kind of what we were talking about earlier. I mean, that's that's an example of of somebody who who is is very kind of morally pure in a lot of ways, and yet still very 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 interesting. Uh, despite uh-huh. that, uh, there's there, there's there, there, there's there's still a lot of depth to him, even though. Why does he you know, love uh, coffee mm-hmm. so much? That's right. Yeah. Why does he love that coffee and that cherry pie? Uh, yeah, what's what's sort of going on there? Right, it's um, like yeah. he's so pure. There's uh-huh. almost something sinister about it. That's true. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I mean, and, and sort of, that's that's something you could kind of say about uh, David Lynch's oeuvre in general. Uh, is that, yeah, he's he's kind of focused upon this like pure Americana thing that's that's so pure that like yeah yeah there's 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 something weird going on beneath the surface and uh yeah and so there's uh yeah so there's something re- really interesting about that in, in in general and so yeah i mean yeah the show as a whole is wildly uneven um i think there's only about four or five episodes in the sort of original 30 episode run that were actually directed by david lynch and those are all definitely the 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 best episodes of 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 the show um, but what's interesting about Twin Peaks is that uh, recently there was a kind of, not exactly reboot, but actually sort of uh, continuation of the show right. that, uh, that, was on, that was on Showtime. Which I'll, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it. But Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, and that, that continuation was, I think, really good. And almost kind of elevated the show uh, a little more than it, than, than it already was, was sort of um, elevated, in uh, my mind at least. Um, and so, yeah, I think, that, I think that that show kind of taken as a whole, both, both its original run and then, and then the more kind of recent continuation of it, I, I think is uh, a really kind of interesting um, story that 
and 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 I will be the first to admit in a lot of it uh especially stuff that that happens at the continuation there's a lot of stuff that I still have absolutely no idea what the hell is going on right but I think it's I think it's interesting it, I I think that makes it interesting to kind of revisit and to sort of interpret and to and to sort of um discover new layers of meaning of, of of stuff that's going on in the show and so that's another um thing about it that makes it very different from i think most tv shows because i think the way that narratives are presented in tv shows generally speaking i mean there can there can be a certain level of ambiguity there but generally speaking if you're going to have people coming back week after week to watch a tv show the the, the story needs to be relatively clear but I think that Twin Peaks is is one example of a show that where the story was not relatively clear a lot of times, but people still kept coming back to it, you know, just because they they found it to be uh, compelling enough. And so, so yeah, that's that's probably my sort of overall pick for for, yeah, for man. favorite TV show. Yeah, yeah, I would say okay. So uh, in terms of the story being clear, there's this really interesting thing aspect of Twin Peaks where, you know, this is a show from, I think, um, 1990, 1991, originally, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, um, it really um, anticipates this era of serial dramas in where it is, in that it is one continuous story over the, you know, story arc over the course of the thing where it's most TV shows at that time would reset each episode and sure things that had happened in previous episodes had still happened, but the current episode wasn't dependent on you having watched it back then. And I think Mm -hmm. that the only reason that that really worked in that era with a show like twin peaks was because like, sure you could pick up in the middle of the story and you wouldn't understand what was going on. But even if you'd been watching the whole story, you still wouldn't have understood what the fuck was going on. So there's really nothing lost by entering into the middle of that type of a story. And uh, that's good point. Sort of why they were able to get away with, I mean, to me beyond just how great the show is. And when I was like, Oh, of course, twin peaks, I was saying, of course, because I forgot to, Right. I forgot about Twin Peaks when I was talking about my favorite shows. I mean, I might say that first sure. season of Twin Peaks is maybe the best season of television that I've ever seen. You know, if I was, if I, no, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I fucking love that show. But I mean, one of the most interesting stories about the show is like how the fuck they got it on television in 1990. Yeah. I mean, what was it on? Yeah. It was on CBS or NBC or. I mean, yeah, yeah, one of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely a, a major CBS. show. It was CBS? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I mean, and uh, yeah, and um, um, not only was it on a major network in prime time, but it was like the most popular show for 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 like uh, um, at least um, um, a couple of months. Like it was like a like a pop culture phenomenon, right? No, it's yeah. almost Duncan. It's almost like. Um, human beings in general and Americans in particular are actually not quite as stupid as uh, the institutions <laughs> keep telling us that we are. And I mean, yeah. I mean, that's an argument you hear a lot 
in terms of uh, long long form podcasting as being such a popular yeah. art form right now is like, oh, they told us that we all had short attention spans and we could only hand, handle 30 second videos. And it turns out like, oh, no, that's not true. And the question then becomes like, why is that narrative out there? Whom does that narrative mm -hmm. serve? For us right, to right. think of ourselves as stupid and unable to pay attention to things and unable to contend with nuance, who is served by that narrative? I don't have an answer, but I think that that is the right question to be asking. Because I'm not saying it's necessarily a conspiracy, but there are definitely interests that benefit from that. And uh, those yeah. interests uh, are suspect and should be. That's what we should be paying attention to. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, you know, what's that expression? Nobody ever lost any money underestimating the intelligence of the American public. But right. I think you could put that the opposite way. You know, you might lose you might lose money if you underestimate them. That's right. And yeah, yeah. that right. And also, why is it always about money? What's going on? Mm. So true. I so think true. I think the I think the fact that whoever brings this notion up puts it in economic terms really just serves for to help us um, get a bead on where we should be looking for the answers yeah. to these nefarious forces that um, are trying to control um, our thoughts and our conceptions of ourselves. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, at this point, Mike, um, I realize that I have to go to the bathroom. So. So, OK, we're back from that brief break that we took. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, in terms of other TV shows like. Yeah, I, I, I kind of put them in a category of like uh, comedies in general and like different kinds of comedies. And so my other kind of, I guess, triumvirate of shows would be like, okay, the, my, my, my all-time favorite like sitcom would be um, Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that show is just like kind of perfect. Again, the original at least, series, at, right? At least, yeah, yeah, the kind of uh, yeah, the um, um, original run. Yeah, the uh, the uh, Netflix stuff. Yeah, it gets a little dicier. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, the original run of Arrested Development, I think, is just like, I mean, such a such a wonderfully uh, elaborately constructed, but but perfectly constructed uh, comedy um, with like, um, yeah, a ton of great performances, of course, and just yeah, just. Uh, jokes per minute that are that that, that land very consistently. Um, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, so that's. I'd say that's also mm -hmm. my favorite uh, sitcom, and it came out at this. Yeah. It came out at yeah. this time when, um, when reality TV had just gotten big, and so they felt like they could get away with this sort of like handheld three camera aesthetic. So it's like got it's right. it's formally um, a sitcom. I mean, in, in terms of like how it's written, but it is uh, mm -hmm. visually much more like a reality show. And it was one of the first, they do right, that a lot right. now, but it was one of the first shows that did that. And it was a total revelation at the time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're right. Just mm -hmm. the jokes per minute Definitely. in that show um, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I think, unparalleled. It's the opposite um, 
it's the opposite philosophy to Roseanne, where Roseanne would tell the writers, take some of the jokes out. It's too, you know, it's like we're trying to have this sort of like oh, real really? emotional moment. Yeah. Which is also a great show. I mean, okay, Roseanne was a great show. Yeah, too, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Huh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And then um, I would say my favorite sketch comedy show of all time is uh, Mr. Show. That's a good uh, one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, again, yeah, I, I, and, and I mean, and I think that that just sort of, I mean, it's a sketch comedy show that sort of like almost points out the flaws of other sketch comedy shows because it's able to sort of like present this kind of continuous um, sort of thematic unity, like, like, like every sketch sort of like... Um, um, blends itself uh, nicely into the uh, sketch sketch that follows it, and there's there's sort of like the uh, yeah every episode kind of has like this overall kind of like theme that they're sort of dealing with. I mean, almost like sort of a a long form improvised piece. Uh, oh yeah, as we it, yeah, it felt yeah. It, it, I'm not an expert at all in Mister Show. I haven't seen all of it, and um, mm-hmm. you know my feelings about sketch in general. Um, sure, sure. I believe you prefer. You you prefer full full painting. That's right. Uh, that's right. Comedy. My problem with sketch comedy. That's right. My yeah. my 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 main problem with sketch comedy is is not actually the form; it's the name, which implies that it is <laughs> not yet finished. So it's, I sort of feel like, yeah. well, why don't you finish it and then show it to me when you're done? Yeah, give me that that right, that right. landscape or portrait uh, comedy. But um, um, it did feel like um like a like a like a long form. I would say Upright Citizens Brigade did too, but that, I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. that was a much shorter lived thing. Yeah. 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 No, I, I I think, yeah, the, the, uh, the UCB TV show, which, yeah, I, I, I've only watched a couple of episodes of that, but yeah, they, they, they did. Yeah. That same kind of thing in in a much more self-conscious way. Yeah. I think where they, yeah, I think they were actually trying to do like a herald sort of a herald. Yeah. 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 In every episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so Mr. Show's great, and then um, yeah, in terms of my favorite animated uh, comedy show, uh, it's got to be Doctor Katz, Professional Therapist. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, which um, I picked because I think that yeah, again to go back to the improv thing, I think that that show um, is is the best example of kind of capturing how funny uh, improvised comedy could be. And, you know, the, the, so, so, so I, I mean, the show is, is basically, yeah, this, so this, this uh, comedian, Jonathan Katz, he plays, he plays a therapist, and a lot of his uh, patients are stand-up comedians. And a lot of it is you see stand-up comedians g- going in and kind of getting therapy, but actually kind of just doing parts of their act as though, as, as, as though it is them them talking with a therapist, and those parts of the show are kind of hit and uh, miss sometimes. I, I mean, so, yeah, yeah, some of them are better than others, you, you know, depending upon the if the comedian kind of knows how to do that well. But I think that the real kind of heart of that show is um, the interactions between Doctor Katz and his son, who is played by H. John Benjamin, who is now. Is, is is probably probably not still quite a household name, but is much closer to a household name now than he's ever been because A. Sean Benjamin is now 
on uh, Bob's Burgers. He's on Archer. He's on he's on all of these other shows. Uh, and and I think he's he's an incredibly uh, talented um, sort of improvisational actor. Uh, and, and I think that the, the, the interactions between him and, and Jonathan Katz on, on, on that show are, are something really special. And uh, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's a lot of, a lot of comedy generated from that, that I think could only be generated in that sort of improvisational form that, that, that you ordinarily would not see on, you know, more tightly scripted TV shows. Uh huh. So, um, I I um I'll just tell you I, I I've never seen the show, so I have really nothing to add. But okay. maybe I should check it out. I would I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. You would? You'd recommend your favorite show? All right. You know, with reservations, but yeah. that's very generous of you to share. <laughs> sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, those are those are some of my favorite shows, um, and so I think at this point, you know, there were some other things that maybe we were going to talk about, but I think we've gone uh, long enough for one episode that we can uh, put those on the back burner. Yeah, so, and yeah. I, and I'll say that if you are, you know, this is like a pretty good intro episode. We have an actual intro episode, mm-hmm. but this is an episode where if you want to learn a little something about us, then you just have. Yeah. By listening to this, um, yeah. we uh, we're going to talk about Jordan Peterson a little bit, but I think we could save that for next week. Um, I would sure. I'd still love to. Uh, it's something that I've been looking forward to discussing with you because I think we both um, have gotten um, a lot out of uh, listening to. Um, Dr. Peterson's work in one form or another. Um, But there's such a large body of work, I'm not really sure exactly um, what what those things are for the two of us, and I would love to compare notes with you. So maybe we could look forward to doing that next week. But um, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good tease. So yeah, yeah. So uh, next week, uh, we will be talking about the, uh, the highly controversial Jordan Peterson. Great. Um, Cool, buddy. Well, great to talk to you as always. Have a great day. And then some sort of sign-off statement. Blah. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.